Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. This special episode is presented by Schwarzkopf Keratin Color and Acast Creative, professional quality formula that delivers striking color results at a fraction of the cost and time compared to a visit to the salon. So I'm so excited about today's episode. We have a repeat guest and also a brand new guest on the show, and they all happen to be related to me, y'all. So we have my lovely sister, Leanne, and my niece, Aubrielle, and we're going to be talking about hair. And you're probably thinking to yourself, like, what the heck does this have to do with personal finance? Well, the reality of it is that on this show, we talk so much more than just about money. We talk about how our culture impacts all the decisions that we make, and it even impacts how we show up in the world and what we do with our hair. So I'm so excited to have this conversation with my sister and my niece. My niece is Afro-Latina. My sister is a white presenting Latina like myself. And so we've had different journeys with our hair. And I know I've been able to watch my niece exercise her own authority around her hair. And so I'm super excited for this conversation. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Okay, so let's do a quick intro for anybody who doesn't know who y'all are. Then we'll dive into the conversation. Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Leanne. I am Janice's little sister. I'm her personal assistant. I do everything behind the scenes. And to the left of me is my beautiful daughter, Aubrielle. Introduce yourself. I'm Aubrielle. I'm 13. And this is my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so we, me and you, Leanne, we're Puerto Rican, 100%. And your daughter is what? According to the Ancestry results, there's a whole bunch of stuff mixed in, but I would say she's half Puerto Rican and half Trinidadian. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And if you do Ancestry.com on anybody who's Latino, we're going to have a composition of European ancestry, indigenous ancestry. I'm more Portuguese than I am Puerto Rican. It's crazy. Yeah, and I'm more Spanish than I am Puerto Rican. So it just goes to show the beauty and the diversity that's in our culture. And one of the ways that that is outwardly expressed is with our hair. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about my hair journey because I think it's interesting. Like everybody knows me as the blonde. I've been blonde, I think, probably since 14 years old. And I always felt like I was born with the wrong hair color. I always felt like I am too light-skinned to be having this almost black hair that makes me look like Wednesday Adams. I feel so pale and it just never fit me. It never felt like 
it was my identity. So as soon as I could dye my hair, I did. And my mom or our mom, she actually went to beauty school. She never practiced in an actual salon, but she graduated from beauty school and then decided that she was going to take a different career path. But she was our beauty stylist. So growing up, she would straighten her hair. She would dye her hair. She was the beauty extraordinaire. And I remember watching her also dye her own hair with the box dye and doing straighteners and doing perms and doing all the things. And when I think back to some of the, I guess the hair lessons that I picked up from her was that curly hair was just not okay. She is Afro-Latina. Our mom is Afro-Latina and she has curly hair, like the type that you need to chemically process in order to keep it straight. And from when she was a teenager was using chemicals to straighten it out because there's this idea of el pelo malo or the bad hair. And that is such a pervasive topic in our culture. Recently, there's been a lot of Afro-Latinas and people with different textured hair who are fighting against that narrative. But our mom's generation was like, hell no, you don't go out there with Afro. That is uncivilized. That is unkept. Still to this day, she has a lot of hair trauma passed down to us. Clearly, you can see that we don't have the type of hair that my daughter has. But what I can remember from growing up is that mommy hated her curly hair. She absolutely hated it. There was a time that she was trying the natural curly hair journey a few years ago, and she was miserable the whole time because she was like, this isn't me. What I remember growing up, her hair was always straight, never, ever walked around with it curly. And like you said, still to this day, there's this like, she can't stand it. And I'm pretty sure that was instilled from generations before. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Another thing too that I remember watching her do is being very self-conscious about her gray hair after she started getting older. Now she's embraced it, but for a long time, it was constant dye jobs to get rid of it. This is why I'm such a big fan of short, soft keratin color because their keratin color helps reduce hair breakage by up to 80% versus untreated hair with their professional quality formula. So I mean like if you're going to be doing this stuff to your hair, you need to make sure that you're using good products. So I remember dyeing my hair red in high school. It was blonde. And I feel like blonde was always what I came back to. I remember mom putting that plastic cap on my head and pulling out the little hairs with the little hook and digging it into my scalp and then bleaching it and then me coming out looking like a zebra, us having to tone it. It's a whole process, y'all. To be blonde when you're not naturally blonde, it's a commitment, okay? And I also always had straight hair growing up. Always. I didn't even learn how to blow dry my hair until college. And I feel like mom intentionally did not show us how to blow dry our hair because she just wanted to have a reason for us to rely on her. <laughs> You're going to look crazy if you leave this house without stopping in my bedroom and letting me blow dry your hair. So when I moved away to college, I had to, for the first time, figure out how to blow dry my hair. I also figured out that I had curly hair for the first time in my adult life. I actually started using a diffuser. I started using products. I realized, oh my God, I have wavy hair. And ever since I discovered that in college, I've kind of been going back and forth. Sometimes I'm curly, sometimes I'm straight. It's been quite a journey. And I'm curious about your journey, sis. For me, it's the complete opposite. I have boppy side of his hair. So pin straight, oily, there's not a damn curl in this, okay? I actually went to an event a couple of weeks ago and I had it professionally curled and by the end of it, it was not holding on to anything. And I was always the type that I wished 
I had curly hair. I tried scrunching it and using the diffuser and walking out looking like I got hay on top of my head because that's how much hairspray I would use. But what I can remember from growing up, I wanted that and I couldn't get it. I even considered getting a perm, but mommy was like, hell no, you're not doing that. You're not going to ruin your hair. But for me, I wanted curly hair. I've always thought it was so beautiful. The volume, you can do different styles. With me, if I don't wash my hair after a day, it's a grease bucket. And I'm so self-conscious about that. I can't stand it. So when I got pregnant, I remember, and I said this to Arielle a couple of days ago, I was like, I prayed to God that I had a girl one and two, that she would have curly hair so I could live my dreams vicariously through her. And that's what happened. But her hair journey has been something, I'll let her get into it, but it's been something I wish I could have. And I know I never will. And with regards to hair dye, I know you've had a couple different episodes with hair, some blonde, I believe at one point. So tell me about that. Well, that was during probably a mental breakdown that I had. Us women use our hair to like express our emotions. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I've done the red. Right now I am red, but it's washed out. But that was back in 2018. I was going through a really traumatic breakup and I wanted something completely different. I wanted to show him, look what you're missing out on. And I felt like the baddest thing ever when I was blonde. But like you said, it's a commitment that I know Leanne is not going to be committed to. After six weeks, I was like, okay. I can't keep up with this, but I had fun with it. I think blondes do have a little more fun. <laughs> I feel like you did red in high school too. Mm-hmm. Red, black, brown. I haven't done the eccentric colors like purple or pink. I remember you went purple and then you went right back to blonde. That was very short lived. I did. I did the purple thing for a couple of weeks and then I realized, oh, wow, this is very high maintenance. And I think it's an important point to know that not all hair dye is created equal. So you always have to remember that you're using something that is not only going to give you amazing color, but one that also leaves your hair looking renewed, healthy, and strong, like Schwarzkopf keratin color. Because let me tell you, you can see it. When people are using the wrong hair dye or they're just doing it too much or they're just not properly conditioning your hair, nobody wants to be walking around looking like you got straw for hair. And that's the thing. Like us women, we have such an emotional relationship when it comes to our hair, especially women who deal with hair loss and things like that. Hair is such a huge identity, whether we like to accept that or not of a woman. So it's interesting to see how the relationship fluctuates. Yeah, it's definitely an extension of our identity, and it's almost like a part of our personality. I can't think of myself without my hair. So, Ariel, you've had a very unique process in discovering your hair, in embracing it. Tell me what that has been like. Walk me through that journey. It's been a struggle, but I do enjoy it because it's a part of me. I am Afro-Latina. I am Black, so it shows my culture. and People can see through my hair and through the way I look. Mm -hmm. So what has your hair journey been like? How did it start off? When did you first, I guess, become aware of your hair? Well, when I was young, my hair was always straight because my grandmother would straighten it. No, I'm going to pause that because remember the picture I sent you? You were like four or five years okay, old. Okay, but I mean like when I remember, like my childhood. Let me tell the first part and then you can tell the part that you remember. At first, she had the Diana Ross curly like- I remember that. You remember that. It was so beautiful. But then for me and for mom, because we were the ones who were doing her hair, it got to be so much to handle 
And again, we didn't grow up knowing how to handle this type of hair, especially her. I think hers is 4C. It's the tight, tight Afro Latina curl. It got to the point that we were like, yo, I can't. It's a full-time job. So that's when we started doing the relaxers and loosening the curls. And then you did the full keratin Brazilian blowout thing. And then go ahead. That's the part that you remember. So before we continue, did you have mixed feelings about putting chemical treatments on her, Leanne, as a mom? Like, was it a decision that you made lightly or was it a heavy decision? It was something that I went back and forth with because, again, like I said, I always wanted to have that curly hair. And I finally had a daughter who I could live my life vicariously through her. But when it got to the point, I was like, I can't take it anymore. Then I was like, okay, let's try this path and see how it works out. And it was good for a while. It was great. She loved it. I remember that you loved your loose hair. She was living her best life with all the hairstyles and everything. But then it got to the point that the bang, (laughs) the bang era. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, so tell me what happened. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, so... Since first grade, I had my hair relaxed and towards like the middle school era is when I finally did the big chop. Sixth grade is when I did the big chop, cut it all off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the first big chop. And grew out my hair. It was up to my neck or shoulder area. And then I was like, you know what? I can't do it anymore. Relaxed it again. And then I relaxed it one more time again. So she had like manageable curls. It wasn't pinned straight. But then we did it the second time and yeah, that's Because when... my roots were getting too. And then yes. we left on for too long and then the banks showed up. And that that's when the disaster downfall. happened. <laughs> just terrible. How did you end up with bangs? So my hairdresser left on the relaxer for too long. We washed it out and the bangs were straight, but the rest was curly. Was no, but how did you get the bangs to begin with? Oh, were you going I, through an emotional crisis? Yeah, it was definitely a mental breakdown. Cut the front of my hair because people were making fun of my forehead. Oh, is- yes. She was super self-conscious because the kids in the grade school were bullying her for having a big forehead. Oh my God. So you cut yourself some homemade bangs to cover it up. Haven't we all done that at one point though? Literally, I think I did that when I was 11 and there's photographic evidence. It's just like an angular and it was super short. So it was up to here. It would stick out, wouldn't even go down. And then it's funny because I feel like a couple years later that actually became a trend and I was very upset about it because I should have gotten credit for it. Mm -hmm. There was one time I had a widow's peak and I was so self-conscious about it. I thought I had a widow's peak. I shaved it. And then mom saw. And that was a whole nother ballgame. That was in high school. We got a lot of hair trauma now that we're talking about it. Yeah, a lot. Okay, so Brie, at what point did you decide to re-embrace your curls and say, I'm done with the relaxer for good? I was done dealing with the bangs. It was killing (laughs) me. (laughs) like I couldn't I couldn't no hold on time out because we need to paint a better picture the bang thing I really want to strongly reiterate how much we went through we got those flexi rods we tried the curling iron we tried so many things and just because of the relaxer it was gone and we just got to the point listen if you want the curls that you're looking for we got to do a big chop And that's scary, especially for a 13-year-old. You know how kids are nowadays, calling her all of these types of names and stuff. But it got to the point that she was just tired. I was tired. Every day, every day, we would talk about her bangs. 
Like, it's a conversation every single day in this household of her. She was miserable. It was really bad. So can you walk us through what the big chop actually means for those who've never gotten a curly haircut? The big chop is just cutting all of the dead hair off and you're starting fresh and that's like a new path. So when you're doing your natural hair journey, a lot of people refer to the big chop of getting rid of all of the overly processed hair, hair color, relaxers. Literally, we were sitting in the salon. It was a month ago. It's been a month ago to the day, I believe. And... I kept asking her, I'm like, Arielle, are you sure? Are we going to do this? And she was like, yes, yes, yes. But then tell her how you felt during the process, because that was a whole other thing, too. <laughs> okay, so I was super excited about cutting all the dead hair off. And then right when it was all off, I looked in the mirror and I realized how short it was. And I was flabbergasted. Like, I looked like Michael Jackson. <laughs> When I kept telling her, I was like, Arielle, it's going to be short. It's going to be short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. I don't think she was ready. She wasn't ready. Yeah. So when you left the salon, what was your first thought? Jesus Christ. (laughs) You're like, what did I do? I loved it. I loved it because it's a fresh start. New beginning. You're getting rid of all the trauma that came with that, all the emotions, all the bullying, all the mixed feelings. Like, it's a fresh start. And, you know, we're a month into it and it's definitely grown. It's healthy. It feels good. She's embracing it. But I'm so glad she did it because I was tired of talking about her damn bangs. (laughs) So I'm curious, Aubrey, and I'll go into my own story as well. I feel like I was kind of self-conscious about wearing curly hair at work because there is this perception of curly hair being unprofessional. And so it took me a while to get really comfortable embracing my curls and wearing them at work and owning my identity as a Latina. I'm curious, did you get any feedback from your peers, from your classmates? Did people say stuff about your haircut? Yeah, they did. There was positive things and negative things. Can you tell me about it? People calling me Michael Jackson and people saying that it suits me and then people calling me Ice Spice and people saying that it looks really beautiful. It's just much of mixed feelings. But the backhanded insult was coming from the boys and the girls were saying that it looked good, so. You didn't get any hate from any girls? Mm, No. That's good. No. That's really good. Girls drool, boys drool, (laughs) y'all. It's funny because I feel like there has been such a push culturally to appropriate black and brown culture and aesthetics. You see it across social media. You see it across magazines. People want to look more tanned. They want curly hair. They want the thick eyebrows. They want the big butts. They want everything that is associated with our culture, but they don't want to love our culture. And I'm just like, part of what we have to do is give ourselves that self-love and love whatever you're born with. Loving that hair that you're born with. And with Schwarzkopf keratin color, it's perfect for all hair textures. So if you ever want to dye your hair at some point, Brie, and add some color or try something new, it's a great product because it works for curly hair, straight hair, gray hair, and everything in between. So I want to know, what's next for you and your hair journey, Brie? What are you envisioning in the future? Are you going to be the girl that's rocking these cool braids? Are you going to rock the fro? Are you ever going to go back to straight hair? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm growing it out. I'm going to rock the braids. I'm not rocking the fro. I don't really like the fro, but I'm going to grow it out. It's going to look great. 
She's just waiting for it to have more length so she can do more things. But we had to start completely over. She actually had braids for her school pictures a couple of months ago, living her best life. She was holding on to them for dear life. (laughs) It's been a journey. Yeah, I love it. And I'm so happy to see you supporting her, Leanne, in this journey, because I think it's so important for us to be the ones that break these generational traumas by just saying, you know what, this is how it was done in the past, but this is not how we're going to proceed forward. And we're not going to shame anything about ourselves, how we look, what our hair texture looks like, because at the end of the day, we're all beautiful and we have to embrace that. So I just want to say thank you ladies for being here. This has been an incredible episode. And I want to thank all of you for listening to this episode brought to you in partnership with Schwarzkopf Keratin Color and Acast Creative. Schwarzkopf Keratin Color delivers premium quality and strikingly rich hair color that leaves hair feeling renewed, healthy, and strong so that you can go back to feeling and looking your best at a fraction of the expense of a visit to the salon. To tap into the strength and confidence that I find in my blonde locks, visit schwarzkopf.com to find the perfect long-lasting keratin color formula. Thanks for listening.